Did you know that there are over 65 million Gen Xers, yet so few financial advisors focus on Gen X? Why? It's because you aren't rich. Yet. Welcome to the Gen X Money Advisor with Michael Labus, certified financial planner, certified college funding specialist, and founder of Gen X Wealth Partners. This podcast focuses on the specific needs of Gen Xers by a Gen Xer. Get ready to explore topics that will help you get your retirement on track, maximize your dollar towards your child's education, and successfully manage aging parents. We will even sprinkle in a little health and wellness, travel and leisure, and time and stress management. Come and experience the expertise of Michael and his special guests who focus on enhancing the quality of your life today and in the future. Now, on to the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Gen X Money Advisor. I'm Michael Labus, and today we're going to talk about why I don't think the government likes life insurance and why I love it. I have this philosophy that if the government doesn't like something, then it becomes very attractive to me. You actually see this in everyday life. Heck, if you do well, they've even created a special tax for you called the alternative minimum tax. If you've got too many deductions, done too well, then they'd still find a way to tax you. With the card stacked against you, what can you do? One of the best tools out there for you is to use life insurance. The government doesn't like it because of all the tax benefits that it provides you. There's also no maximums as long as you have an insurable interest. This is why I love it. And today I'm going to talk about a strategy for you to take advantage of. Let's start off with the basics of personal life insurance. There's the death benefit, and there's also cash value. Death benefit is the amount that would pay out to your beneficiaries in the event of your death. And the cash value is money that is actually yours that you can take out in the future, potentially tax-free for whatever you want. Pretty cool. There is also a few types of life insurance. There is term. Very, everybody's familiar with term insurance. It's the cheapest. It's provided to us in our employee benefits. But term doesn't have any cash value. But term can also be convertible to a permanent policy. We also have universal life insurance. Universal is what I call permanent term. It doesn't really, traditional universal doesn't really build a whole lot of cash value but it provides permanent coverage. Fortunately, there are different types of universal life insurance. There is my personal favorite, indexed universal life, which definitely provides you the opportunity to build cash value. Indexed meaning that the performance of the account is tied to the S&P 500 as an example. And historically, you can expect to get around a 6% rate of return in an indexed universal life policy. There's also variable universal life, which is invested in not only an index, but it could be in a mutual fund, but in 
insurance. They're called subaccounts. There's more upside in a variable policy, but there's also downside. In an index universal life policy, you can't actually lose money in a given year. Your, your upside's capped, but your downside is also protected. With a variable policy, you have unlimited upside, but there's also unlimited downside. So that's you know give and take, right? And it also provides you with the ability to pay a flexible premium, which is nice, gives you that flexibility. And then lastly, I think we're also very familiar with whole life. Whole life provides you the ability to build cash value via a guaranteed interest rate. Now, for that guarantee, that policy is going to be a little more expensive than an indexed universal life or a variable universal life. I am a huge fan of whole life based upon that. Why would I want to buy something that is more expensive that's going to provide me a very similar benefit to something that's less expensive? And in this case, index universal life. They have very similar projected uh, rates of return over time. So now we've got our three types of insurance, term, universal, whole. Who's insured? We've got ourself, and sometimes you can have a joint policy. We also have what I like to call three stages of life insurance needs. The first one being birth to about when you start a family or get married or decide you're not going to get married, but your career is starting to take off. So between birth and then, really the only life insurance you need is for final expenses. You have to be able to you know, pay for your funeral, burial. Second phase is what I generically call you know, having kids until retirement. So you're starting your family, you're working, you're, you're accumulating money, and then, and then until, until retirement. During that phase, your needs are, you have to protect your family. You need to protect your income for your, your loved ones to replace you know, your lost wages. You need to potentially fund a college uh, for, your, for your children, and ultimately also your final expenses. And then the last phase, I just call post-retirement. And your biggest needs at this point would be to provide income replacement for your surviving spouse, long-term care needs, and then finally, legacy. If you wanted to leave something beyond that to your kids or to a cause. And the tip of the week here is that I want you to take a look at your insurance policies. And I want you to see if you have both term insurance or temporary coverage and permanent coverage because Gen X, you need both. First thing is I want you to do is if you do have only term, make sure that your term is a convertible policy. Convertible meaning that you can convert that term policy into a universal or whole life policy in the future. That's so important because a convertible option also protects your rating class. You could, your health could deteriorate 
and they're not going to be able to decline you the option of increase of converting to a permanent policy. And it buys us flexibility. Most often I see people convert for less. If you got a $2 million term policy, when you're 65, you don't need that much coverage. You might only need half a million and you can actually convert for less. Obviously the premium will go up, but you have that ability. So check them out. If you do not have a convertible option, or if you do not have permanent coverage, you need to talk to me about replacing your current policy so that your permanent needs are taken care of. Okay. So, you know, looking at these three types of insurances and looking at the three stages of life insurance needs, how do we actually, what, what policy is best for you? Now, there's lots of determining factors here, but from a generic perspective, I think that Index universal life can help solve all of these issues. It provides a death benefit. It helps you build cash value, which you could ultimately take out a what they call a loan, a policy loan at retirement for supplemental tax-free income. And it also, you can add riders. A rider is like an add-on. You can add rider onto a, in, in, uh, universal life policy. And the, one of the most beneficial ones, I think, is the accelerated death benefit rider. What this does is this allows you to access your death benefit prior to your actual death for qualified health conditions. And these would be if you have a terminal illness or if you would qualify for uh, long-term care, which would be satisfying two of the six activities of daily living. Things like transferring, eating, bathing, toileting, transferring. If you, if you have two of these, then you could actually access the death benefit prior to your death to pay for these needs tax-free. So this index universal life policy, how do we structure this? This policy could actually take care of all these three needs. And here's how you do it. First off, the death benefit in this policy is not really the focus. It's a necessity. You would all, I would always recommend you have additional coverages for your uh, legacy or true income replacement. This will be supplemental. This is supplemental death benefit. This is not the only, this is not, we're not investing this policy purely for the death benefit is what I'm saying. So we're focusing here on building up the cash value. Cash value here is key. So whenever I'm helping a client structure an index universal life policy, I'm always structuring the policy in what I call max cash value non-MEC. Now, what the heck does that mean? Max cash value non-MEC. A MEC is what we call a modified endowment contract. And this is where the government likes to come involved, get involved and throttle your cash value. Wouldn't it be cool if you could put in unlimited funds in a life insurance policy and just have the cash value build to amazing levels and then just take it out tax-free. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. 
but the government says, nope, can't do that. To avoid having your life insurance policy become a modified endowment contract, you have to satisfy what they call the seven pay test. The seven pay test applies to the first seven years of your policy. To help to not allow you to put all the money you want into it, they only allow you to pay into the policy for the first seven years for it to be fully paid up. Fully paid up, meaning you wouldn't have to pay any more premiums and the cash value would pay for the policy and it would never lapse until it would, you know, if it's 100, 115, 120, whatever you would want to, you know, mature. Anything cash value wise above that triggers the MEC label. And that is not good because now your cash value becomes taxable and there's penalties, 10%, you know, taking money out prior to 59 and a half as an example. And it basically defeats the purpose. The purpose of life insurance as an investment in this scenario is to build up cash value and for that tax cash value to be tax-free. So as long as we stay within those boundaries, we can play the game. So max cash value non-MEC basically is me saying, I want the lowest death benefit with the highest cash value potential. Lowest death benefit, highest cash value potential. Now, when I talk to my clients, here's how we structure this. The first thing that we want to do is determine how much supplemental income we want to have. The cool thing about life insurance is there's no maximums. So we could figure that out. If we want 20,000 a year, 50,000 a year, 10,000 a year, it's just going to you know, change the cost of the premium. But when we're determining how much income we want, we also have to put this in perspective because we're also going to have other income sources uh, at retirement. These being obviously social security, perhaps a pension, 401k, IRA money, uh, and also savings. So that's the first part of the equation. The second part is to determine your long-term care needs. So I assume age 80 uh, as the age to when people may need to go and claim, take their health starts to deteriorate, and we have to make some assumptions. So I assume age 80, maybe it's 85, but you get my point. And where, where do you want to receive your care? Do you want to receive your care at home, assisted living facility? Maybe it's a nursing home. Maybe you want to go and socialize. I, I don't know. These are questions I ask. Because at the end of the day, we need to have some death benefit left over in the policy to take care of the long-term care. So at the end of the day, here is how a policy might look. Let's assume that we have a million dollar death benefit and we take this policy out at age 45. The policy will be, will be paying annual premiums until at age 65, it's paid up. At 65, you retire. Now you're able to take out cash value and 
I like to look at this as taking out cash value for what I call the go-go years of retirement. So when you look at your retirement, you've got three phases of that. Your go-go, your slow-go, and your no-go. Your go-go, you just retired, you're ready to do stuff, right? You've worked your whole life. You want to go travel. You want to do things with the grandkids. You want to do pet projects. You want to, you know, whatever you want to do, it's your, it, this, is, this is when you're going to do it. Your slow go would be, you might be doing a little bit, but yeah, okay, health starting to go down. And then your no-go, you're not doing anything. That's when you would have long-term care needs. So we're taking out money for a go-go, and that's typically a 10 to 15-year period. So if you retire at 65, we're looking to take an income from 65 to, say, age 80. And then at age 80 to 85 or whenever that long-term care event would happen, we access the remaining death benefit via the accelerated death benefit rider to pay for the long-term care needs tax-free. And if you're fortunate and don't need long-term care, the death benefit would then ultimately pass to your heirs. So like I said, index universal life, when placed earlier in life, can help you accomplish all your needs as you get older. Supplemental income, potential death benefit for your loved ones, and also paying for your long-term care. And this is all tax-free. That's why I love it. Tax-free. So when do we utilize this? Or who is this most beneficial for? I think that you'd have to have a higher net worth for this to become attractive, mainly because, I mean, this would be great if this would be free, but this is not free. That there's The premiums are going to be higher than your term or your traditional policies purely for death benefit because we are making an investment. We are building cash value and that requires money. So you have to have the ability to pay higher premiums. Also, before I recommend this, I want to make sure that my clients are exhausting other funding options such as 401ks contributions, IRA contributions, HSA contributions. I want to make sure that we're utilizing that. And the sweet spot in terms of when this is viable would be really ages, say, 40 to 55. You need time to give this policy to grow. If you took this out at 65, it's not gonna, it, it's, you're not going to have the cash value build up. If you took it at, at 55, maybe you have to wait until 70 to, to use this policy. If you took it out at 60, maybe it's 75. So the older you get, the less viable this strategy becomes. I also think you have to consider your health. You know, does long-term care needs run in the family? Oh, my grandma went into a facility or, oh, my mom might be needing that soon. If that's the case, then yeah, I think this is viable. Another thing to consider is, do you have any kids? Now, I would take care of my parents if they asked me to in terms of helping them get around the house. But I, I hope I, I don't have to, right? It's awkward for both parties. But if you don't have children, definitely you need someone to, to help you with this. And maybe who knows what your spouse's health is going to be at that situation either. Is she going to be able to provide the care? Is she going to be or he going to be with us still? And then also, if there's large age gaps between the spouses, maybe you're 60 and your spouse is 70 
or then maybe there's even a larger age gap. So if there's age gaps, definitely long-term care insurance is going to be important for that younger spouse and potentially the older one who can't predict the future. So in conclusion, index universal life can solve a lot of your needs and it can do so tax-free. Pretty cool. Insurance is definitely your friend. The, do- the government does not like it, and you definitely should. Think of the tax benefits. Do we think tax rates are going down? I, I do not think so. In conclusion, I'd love to help you take control of your insurance needs and help you understand what coverage you actually hold and how that policy plays into your future. Please reach out to me to schedule a chat. You can email me at michael at genxwealthpartners.com. Check out my website, www.genxwealthpartners.com. And as always, follow and subscribe to the Gen X Money Advisor podcast. And like I said, the tip of the week, go take a look at your insurance policies and make sure that you have a term policy that can at least be converted to a permanent policy or if you just if you have uh, permanent coverage because Gen X, you need both. Thank you for your time today and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Gen X Money Advisor podcast. Click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the hosts and or guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Gen X Wealth Partners. This content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your individual situation. Securities offered through Kestra Investment Services, LLC, Kestra IS, member FNRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Kestra Advisory Services, LLC, Kestra AS, an affiliate of Kestra IS. Gen X Wealth Partners is not affiliated with Kestra IS or Kestra AS. Views within the podcast are solely of Gen X Wealth Partners and are not necessarily the views of Kestra AS or Kestra IS.